1: Welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm here today live with George Webb. Uh, Before we start, I I just wanted to draw attention to the video I just posted. Go to rebels4cause.com and get your tickets ASAP. It's going to be awesome. It's an Artist for Liberty event. Cause stands for Creative Artists Uniting for the Sovereignty of Everyone. And we need more of that. We need community. We need organic, genuine art, not infiltrated social engineering. So... So yeah, and we awesome to see all of you there. I'll be performing aerial acrobatics, and without further ado, how are you doing today? I'm so excited to have you here today.
0: Well, that's June 3rd and 4th. I just want to make sure I get that on my calendar. June 3rd and 4th outside of Nashville. Is that right? Yep.
1: Where June the, 3rd I, and 4th in Franklin, to
0: Tennessee. See, to see you make uh, uh, points against the deep state and get tens in for exercise. Wow. What a, <laughs> what a what a what a yeah. no-
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's just really important because I feel like, you know, they've done so much culture creation through the arts and they've tried to atomize us into the, they want us in the siloed metaverse, uh, you know, and I think that we need to build community and do things that are in person together and that are fun and that celebrate art that's actually organic and freedom minded. So
0: Sounds sounds like a lot of fun. That's that's great. Yeah, it's great to be back on your show. This is awesome.
1: Yeah, thank you. So I I think we're going to cover you've been, uh, as I was saying before, you've been covering some uh, very fascinating, but also kind of dark uh, material. So but uh, I think it's uh, really important for people to know so that we can be prepared, because it seems like we've got a lot of the same players involved in all these operations over and over again. And uh, they seem to replay a lot of the same playbooks, but they're successful because a lot of people don't understand the plan. So maybe if we wake up to what they're doing, we'll be able to uh, do something about it to thwart them and derail them.
0: Yeah, well, the the plan is simple. Uh, It's basically do 9-11 all all over again and get what we didn't get the first time Mm -hmm. uh, in the second round. Uh, And Believe me, I was not a 9-11 person, and I thought this is the farthest thing that coronavirus was, was a, a coronavirus 9 one uh, But as the information started to accumulate and I had people come forward and say, yeah, it is, um, I couldn't deny it. I had two different whistleblowers um, come forward and tell me that uh, this was going to come out of Fort Detrick. Four it came out of Fort Detrick and Fort Belvoir. And then I had four whistleblowers at Fort Belvoir. So, you know, that's a lot of people telling me that this is coming before it happens. And we had really quite vocal about maybe this shutdown, lockdown type of thing happening through a live exercise and then it happened. So I'm just picking up the pieces now and Bob Malone just helps put those pieces together.
1: Right. So can we cover a little bit what I think a lot of people had suspected, you know, he was seen as like the the darling doctor that came out against the vaccine after having been injured by it, and uh, you know really a lot of people looked to him as kind of a leader of the freedom movement. And then there were a lot of people who started to question a lot of his ties to the deep state and some of the money that he had been given from people like DARPA, BARDA, DTRA. Um, so it, what, what can you tell me what's going on with uh, Malone? What are his connections? And then you have some personal controversy going on with him as well.
0: I, I like Bob Malone. I think he is the most interesting man in the world. He's better than the guy they got for the, the uh, Corona ads or whatever.
1: Yeah. He's
0: better. I like him. Yeah. Uh, and put that kind of guy forward too. If I wanted to hide anthrax too. Uh, for people who don't remember uh, the anthrax one uh, right it's kind of on the heels of a very large traumatic event which is the towers uh it was at a time when the senate was considering doing 9-11 investigations uh, so we would do investigations before we went to war right and then this person here in florida that i'm uh, researching uh this is bob stevens who was the reporter for the national Enquirer, dies of inhalation anthrax and we're bombing uh, two days later in Afghanistan and we're immediately planning for war in Iraq and we're pushing through the Patriot Act bang 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 all in a row based on this uh, last time that this and I wrote a book called anthrax 911 right and so the the theory here, or the thrust here, is people are coming to me who are interviewing these special operators, saying that there was a part of Anthrax 911 that didn't get executed. The original plan was supposed to be six guys flying crop dusters, spraying anthrax,
2: right.
0: which would have generated a huge, uh, you know, anti. Uh, once the ties were made back to Osama bin Laden or mm-hmm. Saddam Hussein, that would have made the wars go through. Uh, so there was this kind of dangling, hanging chad uh, mm-hmm. still out there that could be executed. And I basically, as a reporter, just went on to try to find out if that was true or not.
1: And what were you finding?
0: Well, I found that everyone uh, around Bob Malone, he w- really wasn't well known until he came out with this DNC mega donor, Steve Kirsch. Him, yeah, maybe 20 million is not really a mega donor, but I, I've never donated 20 million
1: it's I've never DNC. donated or received 20 million. So, <laughs> I'm very proud to have, right? Yeah, sure.
0: <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I was like, wow, you know, this DNC mega donor. And I'd been at in, in court with the DNC. So I was kind of like, oh, what is this DNC guy doing being the big victim here? And then I did some research, and it, it, it was just uh, mind boggling how all of his associates go back to 9 11. All of the associates go back to anthrax. All of the associates go back to weaponizing anthrax. You, you couldn't make it up if you tried. And so it's not Bob Malone that I have an issue with. It's all of his friends. <laughs> That's who I
1: have the issue with. Right, right. But do we I, – I guess the, the question then becomes because he's been kind of put in the, the forefront, the spotlight. So – and he – claims not to have, he pleads a lot of ing- ignorance that that becomes a little bit questionable. First of all, I, I've I've had the pleasure of talking to Dr. Malone several times. Uh, he is incredibly bright. So the notion that he would be that unaware is a little bit iffy to me because he he's really, really sharp. He's very charming, very charismatic, very likable, um, a great person to have as the front spokesperson for you know all of this but it does become very interesting to me that he is this closely connected to all these people and received so much money and that he would have no idea of what's the big kind yeah. is.
0: Of- yeah you don't have to go very far um i, I joke that i, I i'm going to be down to interviewing bob's pool boy to find somebody who wasn't involved in the, in the weaponization of anthrax i'm really down to like anybody who like has done your hard work for him or whatever. But right. if you start with just Daryl and Daryl. Yeah. My condolences out to uh, Bob Newhart's uh, wife who just passed away in Arizona. But you remember they had the two brothers and they were both named Daryl. Right. Uh, which was funny, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but Daryl Galloway, Bob Malone's admitted CIA partner right uh is has a lifetime of weaponizing anthrax Ohio state lab navy research medical units before that his whole life is spent and he had the big plan to uh, put out uh, uh anthrax uses a one-two punch to put out the lethal the lethal toxin right. uh, in an aerosol to mass vaccinate so that's one daryl we're only at one daryl so far. <laughs> But then the other Daryl Daryl Rickey is running the whole database DNA database lookup system called ID Prism for the FBI. So, so you don't even have to get past the first two Daryls. and uh, you know uh, my condolences to Bob Newhart again, but for, for using this. But it's easy to remember these two Daryls. Mm-hmm. and the third person, and I'll just stop because I could go on and on. Is is Stephen Hatfield, who is the key guy who's who's Right there, February 2020, right. advised Trump, and he's that anthrax bomber. He's the one who sends the the non-weaponized anthrax to Daschle and Leahy. Uh, do you see why I sometimes think it's weird that Bob knows everybody that did the anthrax 911?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, then it also brings into question what did Trump know?
0: Well, you know, we were all we brought all these citizen journalists together on the Potomac in March 2020. And we all were watching all this live. A lot of people couldn't come because of the lockdowns. Right. Uh, the, the 11th, the WHO declared it. And we were locked down there on the 15th, I think, or around there. And we saw on the 17th live Mike Pompeo say we're in a live exercise.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. I remember that. Yeah.
0: And, and Trump said, you should have told me. You know, I got the feeling that they told Trump like an hour before their press conference. Because if you remember, it was a really thrown together press conference with uh, Deborah Burks. Yeah. And she ushers in Fauci and puts him up and says, this is my mentor.
1: Yeah.
0: It was all very thrown together. But I think Trump found out right around there, March 17th. You
1: there? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah so and you wouldn't have to uh tell trump if there was a pre-existing presidential order to execute this second step uh and this second step could have been a attack on our major u.s cities either putting anthrax in um, the ventilation systems or some kind of food you could there's foodborne anthrax you could do so several different we looked at several companies um, we we had been focusing on Dine Oh, Are you froze up? Oh, okay. sorry about that. Okay, I, I might I I might uh, need to move uh, closer okay. to Wi-Fi. Okay, um, if that if that helps. Let me let me just move here. Okay, for a second. I'll move closer. No worries. Great. Well, uh, you get the idea that um, the the other things that they didn't get. They got the Patriot Act. They got Mm -hmm. the for eavesdropping on all the calls. That came out when they were Snowden. Uh, They got the TSA. They got the uh, DHS uh, for uh, sort of like an army uh, at airports. They got a lot of what they wanted, but what they didn't get was a biometric, uh, some kind of biometric marker. Mm -hmm. And they didn't get a, a biometric um, marriage or pairing, like a Bluetooth pairing to your phone, uh, or, or to something that you couldn't kind of get away from. And then, right. if that was true, then then you couldn't really implement uh, things like digital certificate, uh, you know, CDBCs, because without the biometrics, no CDBC. So that's really what we were looking at: is is there was half of the plate. They got and cleaned, but there was still this stuff that they didn't get that they wanted. And it looked like this: a live exercise was the going to be the other shoe to drop.
1: Wow. Uh, so, what do you think is going on now? Like, where do you think they're at with everything?
0: I think they're done. I think the three rounds. Uh, this uh, these shots sort of kind of make a QR code in your arm. Wow. Uh. Virus also scarred us and marked us. Uh, You you could use like a a weaponized but very um, uh, um, attenuated version of anthrax, for instance, to create a lot of the things that uh, long COVID has. Uh, You know, long COVID has not been responsive. Uh, 30% of the people who got corona still have it. Um, it's deep in the lungs. That's, a, that's indicative of, of an anthrax. You right. use the anthrax in combination and actually insert corona into it or whatever you want it and say it's monkeypox, uh, RSV, whatever, and have it not be so – you could use anthrax as the platform and then test for all these other things. So it always seems to be confusing. It always seems to be overwhelming. And then you, you get overwhelmed, so you say, well, let's just put the WHO in charge. So the other uh, shoot to drop here is, is the WHO uh, pandemic authority. Right. And that, that remains, you know, I've chained myself to the gates in, in Geneva, but it, they still want that.
1: Yeah. And the uh, health, in, health assurance amendments, right, which would uh, basically subvert all the sovereignty for individual nations.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely um you know, it's all window dressing, all the WHO, it's all fake. Um it, they it, they wait till the last day, four o'clock, and then they change it to what they were gonna plan to do. But all the delegates come in, they meet all their friends, they get to go out and eat, but no matter what they come up with, it's all gonna change at four four PM on Friday. Um, right to what they want.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's pretty scary. So with what, so do you, you were saying that it's, it's mostly all of uh, Malone's friends <laughs> that you have an issue with. What, what, what was, what was going on with the anthrax to uh, you know, the, like the, the I, you were calling it basically like anthrax to Amerivax, right? Like how, how were they planning to take it from, this anthrax weaponization and all the things they were rolling out with 911 and to this like mass scale vaccination program. And what did, do you think? What, what do you think that he did know or what do you think his involvement was? Well, I don't think, you know,
0: the song and dance man, the cover uh, agent, the cover services guy. Yeah, he doesn't really need to know what the real operation is. You sure. don't. You don't want him to know. You want him to ride a high horse and be the one who gets all the, uh, uh, you know, all the widows' money. Uh, all the remdesivir widows, uh, you know, are going and giving their money to Bob Malone and Steve Kirsch of the DNC. So, yeah, he doesn't really need to know what happened. What I think happened, uh, the domain team uh, that was advising the president—that's still secret. Hatfield was definitely one of them. Um. It's interesting how Chad Roy, the other person that uh, Bob Malone mentions at the Tulane Monkey Lab, this is the same as the Dr. Mary's Monkey Lab, believe it or not. Where they, really? Where, um, know, where they're doing all the monkey mutation. Yeah. Bob's brought him in, and he's an old anthrax hand. So who was on the domain team and who was on the cover team is really hard to determine right now. It, it seems this word domain, because Bob w- was using the domain software, Mm -hmm. So maybe that was to help confuse or divert from the domain team at the White House. Uh, But I think uh, we could answer a lot of questions just by figuring out who the domain team was.
1: And do we have any clue?
0: Just no hat, Bill. Um, I think Matt Pottinger, uh, who's a key acolyte for Henry Kissinger, Robert O'Brien, another, um, you know, a uh, fixed year for Henry Kissinger Kissinger was very much a part of the original mm-hmm. nine 11 saying we're not going to just attack based on no evidence Iraq mm-hmm. and Afghanistan. We're going to attack everybody. Right. Um, and that really gave us global war on terror and gave us all these forward operating bases, 800 bases around the world. So um, there's a lot of evidence here too. This isn't just speculation. Oh, you know, uh, this You look at, uh, for instance, the, uh, the F.C. pathway. Bob Malone wrote a paper about the F.C. pathway with Daryl Rickey, one of the Daryls. Uh, that's a key pathway for anthrax uh, in the act pathway. Uh, so how Bob Malone is so prescient in June 2020, he only got the sequence in January 10th by his own report, by his own uh, retelling of the story. So able to come out with a scientific paper on the Fc pathway for antibody-dependent enhancement, uh, just seems like it's way too premeditated. And but Daryl Rickey would know. Mm-hmm. He would know if he wanted to do a scarring. Uh, the the reason why it's it's advantageous to uh, put a virus into someone that writes a message or a, a serial number same way you would want to tattoo prisoners or you would want to brand cattle with okay. a serial number. Same idea. It's, it's the idea of a federal registry goes back to Herbert Hoover, goes back to the Nazis. That's Daryl Rickey's, uh, that's his program. So it could be a virus that's using uh, reverse transcript days to write a message or serial number. It could be that you, uh, It's writing in what they call a mutation program, a chimeric mutator protein, and you're making your own, you're generating your own random number for yourself. Right. But the key here is uh, biometric identification, ID prism, it's called. That's Daryl Rickett.
1: Wow. And now they're uh, pushing through because you, you talked about the Patriot Act with the, one of their and the NSA was one of their goals with uh, 9-11. Now they're pushing through the Restrict Act, which I feel like is kind of a digital iteration of the Patriot Act. What are your thoughts on that and the connection here?
0: Well, you know, uh, good old Senator Warner, you know, he never misses a trick. I mean, he he's specifically uh, called me out. Mm-hmm. Saying it shouldn't, so that. Act, it shouldn't take an act of Congress and a major news network to, to silence this person uh, on YouTube, and I, I had already been silenced. It already destroyed 4,000 videos and destroyed my channel. They were just mad about me appearing like this on somebody else's channel. Right. Um, but the key is that I identified a whole bunch of military cohorts and intelligence operators at the World Military Games, which is the place where they test and these things before they roll them out on a grand scale. Mm -hmm. What they didn't want was, Hey, you, you know, uncovered the, the top level of NATO, the two top NATO intelligence people. And we were doing our trial run and we don't want anybody uh, outing our stinking trial run before we launch it on the United States of America. That's not nice. Right. So, uh, 60 Minutes did a hit piece on me. CNN did a hit piece on me about Section 230, at that time they called it. Uh, they then came out, Nina Jankowitz and she did the disinformation board. I'm going to try that route. Uh, that got knocked down, and now they're back at it again with the Restrict Act. And it's Senator Warner again. You just
1: can't believe it. Crazy. Uh, what do you think, I, yeah, it's crazy that they're targeting you so hard, but also, do you, what do you think about the Restrict Act and how it's uh, tied to this biometric um, the, and the, you know, the vaccine rollout, the anthrax uh, plan?
0: Yeah, I think the CDBCs, the FedNow, mm-hmm. is certainly going to happen um, probably next month. Mm-hmm. Um, the... You know, I, I don't know about the capability. Uh, We've looked at some of the adjuvants out of Fort Belvoir uh, with some some of the in, uh that might give you enough signal. I don't think they're there yet with the biometric carrying yet uh, to your phone. Uh, right. I, I think that's an ambition. I think that's an right. ambition. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it does seem like that. That's their goal, definitely. Um yeah, I, I guess I'm really curious, you know, I've heard, uh, it, I guess we could, it could be, you know, one of two scenarios, like you were saying that uh, the front man really doesn't need to know. And interestingly enough, when I interviewed him, it was really about his backstory, which I don't think a lot of people know, I don't think he talks about, but, you know, concerning his academic career, and how they really exploited him. And it, it would be interesting if that's kind of what's happening again. I mean, that would be the benevolent kind of uh, take on it, that he was being used and exploited um, and unaware of all of these uh, connections that are being executed.
0: (laughs) Well, if you believe in peanut butter, you certainly should believe in Peter Pan. I mean, there there are certain things that, you know, I mean, he claims he had PTSD, for instance, from his uh, genius uh, mentor, Indira Verma. Right. Deer Verma was at the Salk Institute, and Verma was the guy who said, hey, HIV, this scourge from Africa, writes into people's uh, genome. Right. Uh, let's use that to cure um, rare diseases like sickle cell anemia, and we'll write into the blood, big problem getting to the bone marrow, but we'll write into these stem cells the correction, just like you would correct a kid, who's misspelling the same word all the time. And then when the kid learns a new spelling, he goes on and he spells it right. Friend is I before E, right? Or whatever. Um, and then that's the idea of Indira Verma. So what they did was they took HIV, and they watered it down and got rid of everything that except the ability for it to write into the genome. They got it down to 10%, 9.9% of the original genome, which I call the cassette doesn't have any of the harmful effects or the genetic information of HIV. It just writes the correction, the ability to write the correction. Mm -hmm. Bob Malone was the key person studying under Indira Verma to get that cassette. Right. And, and his mission was from a guy named Bob Gallo, who was at uh, uh, Fort Mm Detrick. And they wanted to use it from a completely different purpose. And that was to write the serial number, to write the ID and Daryl Gallo, uh, Daryl, um, Rick Hayes, R-I-C-K-E, his presence with Bob Malone as such a close partner for $10 billion in DTRIPOs confirms that that's what they were looking for. Confirms. I'm going to move over slightly to some shade because I'm burning up here in the summer. Yeah.
1: Yep. I, I don't want to be responsible for a third-degree burn in the sun.
0: <laughs> Sorry about that. I, no, um,
1: no, you're good.
0: I... <laughs> I wanted to uh, be in the shade to begin with, but I was too far from the. the so hopefully this will work. Thanks.
1: Okay. So and where are you now?
0: You're. I'm near Lantana, Florida, where the original 9/11 attacks occurred. Right. And uh, I'm not far from Boca Raton either. And I'm tracking two of the suspects that I think did not, uh, uh, Corona 911, a guy by the name of Fruman and Parnas. Um, and they were repositioned or resold to the American public as uh, key people in the uh, impeachment. But they're nothing of the sort. They've been 20 year informants for NATO and the FBI. Uh, and, and that's who we're following here in Boca Raton.
1: And what what are you finding so far?
0: Um, I'm finding, well, we published their IP addresses. They have, uh, sorry, I've got Cutter Industries. Uh, in the back, you can see the uh, the off there, Cutter Industries. Interesting story about Cutter Industries. Go back to Dr. Mary's Monkey Lab. They were the ones who put the impurities in the uh, polio vaccine. Now, can you imagine a uh, pesticide company getting a contract to make human polio vaccine? It's true. Cutter Industries in California. And that's how the SV40 that's how the simian version of HIV got into the polio vaccine. And it might have caused a whole generation of soft tissue cancers, but I digress. Uh, <laughs> that's not what you asked about, but the, uh, yeah. the, the but
1: I, I think it's all related. I really do. I, I know that that seems so uh, I, conspiratorial isn't even the right word, but it does. And I do, but I think it actually is. I think they connect all of these things because that I think that's part of their bigger agenda.
0: Well, Bob Malone himself has said that they picked polio vaccine because it was so infectious. Mm-hmm. They chose to target the, the CNS, the central nervous system, because it has no immune system. So it's sort of like training wheels for bioweapons engineers. If you can't infect with polio in the CNS, you're not very good, and you're not going to make it in the big leagues, kid. Right. Um, so that that's there. But with Fruman and Parnass, we actually track their IP addresses to uh, stream in Wuhan to a city called Kunming in the summer of 2019 before the breakout. We had uh, looked at their uh, top secret clearances where Operation Warp Speed was based in Huntsville, Alabama. We looked at their top secret clearances at the uh, Spectrum Center. We published all the IP addresses and we even went all the way back to when they originally got their uh, DOD uh, DIA and FBI clearances for being informants at Fort Huachuca in Arizona. So again, not something that we're just idly speculating. We're saying that these are the merchants of death and probably were the, could go all the way back to being the ones who only one or two suburbs away killed one Bob Stevens of national Enquirer.
1: Wow.
0: Well, and the reason I say that is yeah. because, um, uh, Fruman or Parnas, uh, we have him on record as putting a nine millimeter, uh, to someone's head, uh, who I believe was parking attendant because he wasn't getting his car fast enough. So these are, cr- these are criminals. These are gangsters. These are people at the end of their rope that'll do anything, threaten anyone. No, uh, small act of murder is, is, is too, too small for them. Right. Uh, so we need some kind of craven, depraved personality like that in order to do this sort of act against humanity.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, and what do you think they're doing now?
0: Well, they've been repositioned. Uh, Rudy Giuliani, not knowing any of the background here, has uh, used them uh, to try to implicate Trump in the phone call. Remember the perfect phone call? Yeah, uh, these are runners back and forth to this uh, Ukrainian billionaire gangster who runs the Azov Brigade in Ukraine right now named Kolomoisky mm-hmm. calling him out, I think, for six year, five years, six years. So a lot of these international crime gangs have made uh, an unholy matrimony with our intelligence services, and that's how they have protection they enjoy. Sure.
1: So you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I, I mean, one could argue that that's actually how our intelligence apparatus began.
0: There's a good, there's a good argument there.
1: <laughs> I, I think it's quite compelling, actually. Yeah,
0: yeah. 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 Start with Alan Dulles and work our way up. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. That that would be a good place to start for sure. Uh, the Devil's Chessboard would be a good one to read on that for sure.
0: Great book by David Talbot. David's yeah, my favorite book.
1: Yeah, it, it reads like a soap opera, but unfortunately, is actually history. Uh, yeah,
0: fantastic journalist. Yep.
1: Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, what do you think the chances are? So, I I kind of feel a little bit optimistic when you say that I uh, just a little bit. Um, but when you say that the plans of nine nine one one did not get fully executed because this is just to indicate that their plans may not always manifest um i do really think that their plans are to you know take the model the technocratic model of china and roll it out across the world that seems to be really where uh, the elites want to go and uh, I, i think that that's their plans with trying to push the cbdc and of course if they get the biometrics what are your thoughts on how successful they'll be what the timeline of all of this is based on all of these players you've been investigating and how far we are.
0: Well, I don't think you could be more right about China as the model for the lockdown, the social lockdown. We follow a guy named Steve Feinberg at Cerebus Capital and DynCorp. Bob Malone goes to work for DynCorp and DynPort, uh, the vaccine company, right after 9-11, by the way. And he still won't talk about it. If you get him on an in, in interview him, why don't you just ask him, about, well, you know, what did you do up there? Did you know the anthrax bomber? He was suspected for three years. Did you know Stephen Hatville? Did you ever run into him? He's doing anthrax vaccines and tuberculosis vaccines at the same time that Bruce Ivins, the accused bomber, is doing anthrax vaccines. You would think Bob Malone would tell people all about this story, but he's mums the word on that. He doesn't want to talk about Steve Feinberg, but we've looked at them, and Bob Malone says I'm somehow stalking him. We looked at uh, DynCorp since 2016, going all the way back to Jeff Epstein and Les Wexner, diverting Unitaid money to, for the virus vaccine game in Africa and Haiti. We've been looking at Cerebus Capital uh, when they made uh, very odd purchases right before the breakout for this company called PaxVax. PaxVax is in uh, Switzerland. They make the travel vaccines uh, that most people are familiar with when they go to Africa. I just got back from mm. South Africa yellow fever and, and whatnot. So these are ways also with your adjuvants, with your adjuvants of adding in something that leaves a residue that creates a sort of a QR code. So and the idea being that if, as you go through a LADOS scanner, another company we have followed with SAIC before that, uh, that the LADOS scanner actually could read a fusion pattern, sort of like an ink blot, as your individual marking. Uh, so these travel vaccines are another way. But Steve Feinberg has spent his whole career on developing technologies for DHS to track chlorables. So I think the number one reason here is control um, for Homeland Security, sort of uh, quote unquote, wink, wink. Right. Um, really for the control of, so money can't be spent. You can't buy any ammunition in Remington. That's another company he bought. Uh, you can't uh, meet and go hunt uh, foxtail or spotted deer, uh, a deer that somehow gets coronavirus in the middle of the wilds of Michigan. All these things that point to Steve Feinberg, we were looking at way before we ever knew Bob Malone worked for Dineport.
1: Wow. So they've, uh, and the Lidos is also like those scanners, right, that the TSA works with.
0: Yeah, uh, and they're going to go to new generation technology. Um, you know, they are right there at the millimeter wave, but they're we're looking at terahertz wave. A lot of this technology was developed at Raytheon um, at the Lincoln Laboratory in Bedford, Massachusetts, where Bob Malone's dad worked, as well as his father-in-law worked there. And that's where his. And they
1: were both CIA. Uh,
0: I think his father worked on the trigger for the nuclear weapons. I believe the the the. Gun type trigger, um, and then his father-in-law definitely was CIA working on radar radar systems, I believe, um, for Raytheon. So e- either way, they're both. He's both. He and his wife have a long history in the intelligence community, and he said that
1: he yeah he said that he he specifically did not go into the CIA because he didn't want to be part of uh, what he realized was weaponized against the masses, and then he claimed that. Uh, indirectly his work has, has been resulted in that. And, you know, that was one of his uh, great remorses.
0: Well uh, you know, like Oppenheimer, you know, I have become death and uh, all that. Uh, Yeah. I guess these are uh, nice, uh, you know, hand wringing that you can do after the fact, but, but there's no uh, amount of absolution that, that removes Bob Malone from creating a mass formation psychosis at the end of february at a event called the biogen super spreader event and there was two mass formation psychosis phone calls one with the well- welcome trust another with the cdc and nancy messonnier and then three days later uh, three days immediately following those mass formation psychosis calls uh, everyone got sick at this event bob malone was there ready with a practical guide that he had written two weeks earlier about coronavirus called coronavirus a practical guide on february the 12th now this is before there's even 20 patients in the united states he's already written a book about coronavirus seems very premeditated it seems very planned
1: yeah and can we talk a little bit about the welcome trust and their connections
0: (laughs) well i just got back from south africa and i went and visited sir henry welcomes uh uh, stomping grounds there at the, at the Dutch East India Company gardens. When he died in 36, they established this charitable trust. But really, what he had done is he had collected infectious agents from all over Africa and Asia, and he brought them back to England. And they had tried to study the toxic effects of the various uh, animals that created poisonous uh, death, and they tried to bottle it, literally, uh, by reducing the toxicity. Uh, as uh, ointments and salves and, uh, you know, remedies, uh, sort of uh, uh, snake oil type, literally, snake venom oil type uh, toxins. Uh, Then it transmuted into studying at the biochemical level once the DNA uh, genome had been cracked. And then now you're looking into how do we manipulate the human genome And how do we make a sword and shield a uh, weapon that only affects our enemies and protects us? And I still think this is one of the major things the Wellcome Trust is really working on. And they're the ones who are getting all the bids way before anybody else, way before the pandemic, for something called mRNA.
1: Right. And who are the funders? I feel like they're connected to some of... Yeah, okay.
0: (laughs) Well... The Welcome Trust uh, goes back a long time to people who are associated with diamond mines and gold mines. You remember the British Treasury was about bankrupt with, out of Queen Victoria's days. Uh, India trade had gone away. And if it wasn't for the South Africa gold mines, for the mint, and there was this family. It began with an R and ended with a child. And I can't remember the name exactly, but they had a mint over there. <laughs> yeah. No, it was not a child. Oh, oh, that one. Okay, yeah. <laughs> they had a mint uh, over by where the Royal Palace is there yeah. in, uh, out in uh, Buckingham. And most of the uh, World War I was financed on South African gold and a, a good bit of World War Two, And that also funded something a, a, uh, after World War Two called Porton Down. It was a basically a bioweapons facility in Salisbury, Berkshire. Uh, and I've been many trips to Salisbury and Berkshire, and that's really who funds. Uh, and you know, you have people like Prince Philip saying, uh, "I want to come back as a, a virus." Yeah. U-S- yeah. And you have him establishing the World Wildlife Fund as a as a uh, humanitarian cover. He really had a very close association with all the people over there uh, through per- Prince Bernard Prince Bernard through the Bilderberg group had a lot of the scientists from the old IG Farben mm-hmm. uh, the old chemical and Nazi weapons program, believe it or not, that infiltrated and got into port and down as well as our own Fort Detroit.
1: Right. Right. Um, and what is, uh, Rockefeller cause you know, the Rockefellers and the Rothschilds had made that pact that they, yeah, they, they've now joined forces. So what they, I'm sure he's involved. <laughs>
0: Well, the Rockefellers are completely innocent in this. Oh, uh, yeah. No, Godfrey Rockefeller, of course, on Gibson Island is, is one of the early helicopter enthusiasts for spraying of biochemical weapons, and he also is one of the early founders of the World Wildlife Federation, which was mm-hmm. a human cover for using these infectious agents. Mm-hmm. And, the and Rockefeller-
1: of course, it was also helmed by uh, Julian Huxley, right? The eugenicist. Yeah.
0: A lot of the eugenicist movement, David Rockefeller especially, uh, in his close association with Henry Kissinger, National Security Memo 200, you know all the story. Um, not all the Rockefellers felt that way. Some of the Rockefellers were more pragmatic and just felt like they needed bioagents to clear, uh, clear routes for pathways. And as long as everybody got out of their way, everything was going to be okay. But there was other Rockefellers like David who just felt like the world has a problem and we need viruses
1: right right so are they do you are they involved in funding some of these uh companies that are doing this now
0: (laughs) oh yeah a lot of of our monkey labs in america were funded by the rockefellers Uh, i put a a youtube video out you may want to play on the replay okay to the first rockefeller monkey lab called the Yerkes lab here in orange park florida near jacksonville and um the Follow-on monkey labs all were funded by Rockefeller Medicine. Uh, The one way that you can disguise uh, something from the old Nazi refrigerator, if you will, is to take it out of a human, draw it out of a human, and then inject it into a monkey, and then draw it off of monkeys, and then see if they'll reinfect humans. And that, in a sense, is a way of dusting your footprints. Um, They call it monkey mutation, but in a way, it's just actually a monkey it's monkey business, really. It's a way of throwing the um, throwing the dogs off the chase. Uh, right. But the Yerkes Monkey Lab in Lake uh, um, in Tulane, the, the Dr. Mary's Monkey Lab, mm-hmm. is where Chad Roy, the good intimate, uh, close intimate of uh, Bob Malone, works, and that is a Rockefeller lab since the days of Lee Harvey Oswald. So mm-hmm. and Harold Ochner. Um So yeah, it's an amazing story.
1: Wow. that's that's, yeah it's uh, amazing and crazy it's crazy what do you think people can do now um yeah i think that's just i think a lot of this just seems like you know we the further back you start to research this stuff it's like this plan has been in motion for so long and all these dots do seem to connect so it, it almost seems like inevitable and imminent unfortunately so What do you you think people can do to stop any of this?
0: Um, My favorite thing is uh, just go up to Bob Malone and ask a few questions and say, you know, I'm fascinated by your work with uh, Domain. And you've said you worked with Domain at the crucial time in American history. The most important question ever about the most important event ever. Mm -hmm. So why not ask a question about that if you see Bob Malone? And if he doesn't want to talk about it, ask him why. And ask him in the 9-11 question. Ask him if he knows Daryl Galloway. Ask him if he knows Daryl Rickey if you want to
1: ask. Didn't he work with Allaback also? And, yeah. And uh, who's the other one? Uh, Callahan? Yeah.
0: Michael Callahan, sure. Um, You know, Michael Callahan.
1: They're they're known bioweaponeers, though. Like, that's... Right?
0: Well, I mean... Um Al-Abeck had 80, or some people say 60,000 people working for him in bioweapons. So I would hope that he remembers anthrax. He's the key yeah. person who probably uh, sold anthrax um, with the support of Donald Rumsfeld to Saddam Hussein in the war yeah. of Iraq against Iran. Yeah. Uh, we believe that those bioweapons were moved uh, by the uh, subsection uh, of the first marine expeditionary Force and that's why we didn't find bioweapons in Iraq um, this uh, gentleman um, oh I can't remember his name right now but uh, uh, his called him the ghost uh, went in and moved those 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 weapons so yeah I think the the way you can fight back on all this uh, is just ask questions about you know when did you first meet how did you first know him for instance Michael Callahan has several patents with Bob Malone yeah. And papers, scientific papers. Now, how do you not know someone if you write a scientific paper with them? So ask those questions. Ask how he knows. Well, for instance, a person who was doing the testing in Wuhan, in the initial outbreak, and got 6,000 blood samples, Michael Callahan, gave those to Bob Malone's Northwell domain studies. And that's why they decided to look at famotidine. Fomotidine is Pepsid-AC. So that information came directly from Michael Callahan. So Bob Malone had no knowledge that Michael Callahan was testing Fomotidine in Wuhan and just Fomotidine out of a hat. Those are key questions we have to ask. If we can figure this out, then we can maybe unravel the whole conspiracy. This is sort of like figuring out 9-11 as it's happening right. and, and asking Muhammad Atta, well, why are you not getting on that plane? I thought you were the pilot.
1: Yeah, usually pilots get on the plane uh, Or whatever
0: (laughs) We're watching this happen in front of us And maybe we can stop it if we start asking questions
1: Yeah, no, that would be absolutely great Uh, The other thing I wanted to ask you about was dark winter Because, you know, Biden kept saying uh, It's going to be a dark winter And uh, some of us remember that that was actually an exercise A war game exercise they were running So what are your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, well, we had made fun of Dick Woolsey, uh, who had run Dark Winter three months before 9-11. Uh, Dark Winter was going to be this other shoe to drop. This was the other shoe which would have locked down America after, nine, uh, uh, after 9-11 if people weren't, wouldn't go for the Patriot. Um, um, so we had even looked at a organization called the Gulen Organization, uh, G-U-H-L-E-N, uh, Turkish American organization that was uh, CIA funded as spreaders as a super spreaders. And we, ma- I made the joke, I'm sorry if it insulted, uh, uh-huh. but he does bear a great resemblance to the Nazi uh, Ob- uh, intelligence chief um, uh, Galen, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Galen. and I'd said Galen organization, the Gulan organization. I mean, if they only had to change one letter, you yeah. know, it- but
1: we had looked
0: at this and thought, you know, this would be the, the operative group. Uh, and I sat through a trial with Bijan Kyan, an Iranian who was in our military infrastructure where this came up a trial with all these FBI people. And it looked very much like they had actually planned this and then pulled back in 2016 and decided to count. Uh, to, to undermine Trump in a different way through either the 25th amendment which may have happened and still may have happened in uh, 2018, as well as the Mueller undermining. Right. So there was a lot of things going on uh, with dark winter, but the sin that the Braggins committed, uh, Peter Bragan and ginger Bragan was they outlined all 23 exercises, starting with dark winter up until the, the, wuhan military games said these were military exercises through and through incrementally uh, adding scope and it was a military sort of state-sponsored launch and this is why i think bob malone sued them he wasn't really suing the braggans for any kind of defamation he was suing the braggans for just this incredible insight into uh the fact that this was a planned pandemic.
1: wow and did did I see that he's suing you? Is that correct or
0: uh no, he hasn't decided to do that yet. Okay. Um he's suing Dr. Jane Ruby as well. Okay. Um and I think she's uh may have a different part of the story. Um, uh you know, the intelligence background of Bob Malone. Uh so I think he's suing her for a different reason. But the braggins certainly had this. Uh, if you read their, I think their third chapter of their book.
1: He, he was just making accusations about you. That's not, or or making complaints rather. Well, he said I was stalking him.
0: Right. I was in Africa. I had been in Africa for ten days when he said I was stalking him. Right. I wasn't even in northern Africa. I was in the southernmost tip of yes. Africa.
1: Maybe uh, well, he took a trip you didn't know about. I don't know.
0: Literally, I'm like, I, uh, he quoted someone and retweeted someone while I was in Africa. Right. Uh, that had associated me and my brother, I was a conspiracy theorist out of New York, uh, that unfortunately I worked with uh, and got going on YouTube, uh, and I kind of created a monster, but um, the uh, this person had said I'd been involved in the 9-11 planning um, and had... Uh, left open a vulnerability in something called the federal bridge. Now, my brother did program on the federal bridge before 9-11, but he was out of the government at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob Malone re that person. Right. And, uh, you know, it just, you wonder what Bob's thinking, because the, the natural question is, well, Bob, okay, you've thrown a lot of stones about 9-11 now. Where were you? Did you know Stephen Hatfield? Did you know Bob Galloway or Daryl Galloway? Did you know Daryl Rickey? Did you know um, Michael Callahan? You know, on and on and on, all these 9-11 Hall of Champions, uh, Anthrax Champions.
1: Well, what I think is so fascinating is, you know, typically they do these uh, like mass scale trauma-based mind control incidents. 20 years apart and they usually uh lay out the documents somewhere in 10 20 years ahead and uh, i you know i you very much see that with uh i feel like 9-11 in a lot of ways was a uh not that it didn't affect people worldwide because it was such a you know big event and it so traumatic for so many people and of course because New York was a financial mecca at the time you know it had major implications but it certainly wasn't a global but I feel like in a lot of ways it was a beta test for uh, you know the CUFID incident that they rolled out worldwide um, not just in terms of the uh, what they were looking to uh, do in terms of the psychological warfare uh, but I think also to see how people would respond and what kind of control measures they could implement and execute as a result of it. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. And I was uh, I worked with a lot of the Wall Street firms that relocated a lot of their facilities to New Jersey and data centers to Arizona and other parts uh, of the country. There was a high speed fiber line established to Chicago for sub millisecond response time trading, a uh, second uh, city uh, for trading. So a lot of things happened uh, yeah. out of 9-11, and including all the biofunding. Remember, it took 50 years for us to sign the Geneva Convention Against Biological Weapons until 1975. Mm-hmm. We really drug our feet. Henry Kissinger yeah. really drug his feet on that. But even then, with 2001, it lifted those restrictions that we only lived under for 25 years, and then we started working with Saddam Husseins and, of course, the Ukraines and all these other folks.
1: Um, Reagan, yeah.
0: And hiring the old Soviet engineers and, and, and putting these biolabs around the ringing around the Soviet unions or the old Soviet Union, Russia. So I think that's another legacy. I'm, uh, some of that I'm OK with uh, because um, it's sort of like turning the claymores and, you know, turning the cannons around like they used to do in Napoleon's time against your adversary, some of that, but taking it to an offensive level where then you uh, provoke a war and potentially a nuclear war is, is too far. So that's the thing we have to, this is why we have to, have to ask Bob Malone questions right now. I think it has worldwide impacts worldwide.
1: Yeah. I, I agree. Well, if I have the opportunity, I certainly will. I, I did start to ask him uh, some of this, uh, some of these kinds of questions at the end of the first interview, and that we we abruptly ended. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. So who knows, maybe there'll be an opportunity in the future that that would be great. Because I think I agree with you, the more we can unveil, then the closer we can become. It's just like, that's the reason for I'm not a huge fan of the Western model of everything being centered around diagnoses. But I do think that, you know, when you can get to the root of something, and a a diagnosis is an attempt to try and understand what the problem is, when you can get problem and uh, I think we have a major uh, you know illness a uh, lack of a better word you know on our hands that needs uh, some major healing so we can't do that if we don't understand what the problem is or how it came about or what the what the tools are that are being used. So speaking of the tools, one of the questions I wanted to ask you also was about the aerosolization because I think this is has major ramifications for people who may not have taken.
0: What? There it is. There's the aerosols. Got to get the aerosols in the picture. Uh, the aerosolization of um, of an anthrax or of a corona or. Huh. Go ahead.
1: Oh, you you froze a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Could
0: could you repeat the question?
1: Yeah, no. So the question was just that I'm concerned about the aerosolization of, uh, you know, these uh, injections, like instead the aerosolized version of the injection um, and what the implications could be for people who maybe didn't take it for doing some sort of a a mass scale type of uh, whether it be. Biometric implementation, whether it be uh, just uh, making people sick, Um, you know, I think there's lots of implications possibly. And I know they're trying to put it in the food. They're trying to put it in. uh, Then there is the possibility of uh, it being aerosolized. I know they have the technology for that. So,
0: yeah, um, I think these ferritins, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of biological processes that capture uh, iron. Uh, like in the making of your blood, the right. Um And if you wanted to have the most effective marker, you would inject a uh, set of genes which would basically create clumps or clots uh, w- that would be easily seen and easily identified uh, by a LADOS type scanner. Um, and it's interesting because we've identified a lot of people that are involved with clumping and clotting, Uh, hemorrhagic fevers Um, this Virginia Banassi since 2009 in China we've tracked her for all the way to getting the bids for coronavirus so I think um, aerosolization um, look at um, just look at the possibility of anthrax or tuberculosis or some bacteria as the adjuvant uh, for for making these things more aerosolizable Um, you know we have all these athletes dying suddenly COVID couldn't possibly last that long in their lungs. Anthrax could, tuberculosis could. Uh, we have these, uh, Jane did a story about uh, long calamari clots. Stu Peters did a long calamari clots. I, I think they were baited. Um, I think the folks that did the original transport uh, with a real bacteria are baiting them and trying to throw them off the trail with these long calamari clots. I don't think that's what's killing yeah. people. It's, it's a much more subtle bacterial long-term infestation in the lungs or gut.
1: Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. And, and what makes you think that?
0: Well, the accumulation of any long calamari clot would be seen in the living long before you'd see it in the dead. Uh, the ratio usually is about 100 living patients to every patient that dies from pathogenicity um, or 20 to 1 in a case of COVID, even if you didn't have any, uh, so in all those died Suddenly movies and so forth, there's no pictures of living people, right. only, only dead people. Sure. Um, and if I was trying to mask an anthrax or a tuberculosis or some other kind of bacterial vector, I would be giving those little bottles of formaldehyde with calamari clots uh, to journalists like they were candy. I'd be giving them out like they were Pez dispensers because I don't want anybody... Uh, really looking at um, doing cultures, lung cultures, and gut cultures of what really could be the transport mechanism.
1: Wow, what do you think is causing those clots?
0: Well, there's several uh, things that could cause uh, those uh, hemolysis. Is the process of, of severing the, um, the the red blood uh, cell? Um, anthrax certainly is one of those. Uh, uh, Hemolysin is what, how anthrax kills you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's many other ways uh, of doing it, uh, or at least leaving a smoking gun that leads people away from anthrax. Again, anthrax is sort of the transport mechanism, but I can cover that with Congo Crimea hemorrhagic fever, Nipah fever, Lassa fever, dengue fever. Uh, any of the hemorrhagic fevers um, will will provide cover for an anthrax type thing. That's why you have to go ETH, I believe, the university out of uh, Zurich, Switzerland makes a anthrax test. If you have a long COVID situation, if you have a brain fog, again, anthrax affects the CNS, spinal column, uh, when it gets to the f- uh, fulmate stage. Uh, look at that. Look at the. Uh, have your radiologist look at your um, spinal uh, scans as well for any kind of swelling and so forth. That's typical telltale of. of for, Progressive anthrax.
1: Wow. Um, Well, the first thing that comes to mind, all I can think is a future shock because I, while they may have been doing all of this uh, research and trying to execute these, you know, the anthrax plan back in, you know, the late 90s and for 9-11, um, after Since they didn't, afterwards, there was that whole, like, scare, right? Remember how they kept saying, you you can't open envelopes because there might be anthrax, and I, I remember it. that was like a, it, it, it was a, a thing, and they, you know, fear-mongered everyone with it, uh, and it does make me feel like that was kind of a form of future shock, knowing that that didn't work, but that they had planned to use it at a later date, and so that now we would be prepared for that. Um, because that's basically just kind of what they do in their psychological operations.
0: Yeah, I, I call it mass formation psychosis. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure I'm not the one who coined mass formation psychosis. I think it's a guy named Bob Malone on uh, Joe Rogan. Uh, but uh, he took uh, something by a doctor named McDonald who was who talked about um, mass psychosis and another Desmond, Matthias Desmond, that talked mm-hmm. about mass formation. It's
1: also based on LeBond's work you know, from 19- yeah. 1908. Um, yeah. But uh, Future Shocks is comes out of Tavistock Institute, and that was, you know, when they were researching uh, shell shock therapy, um, you know, the soldiers in uh, World War I. But even before that, when they were creating, you know, when, at the Wellington House, the British Propaganda Bureau, and uh, they were trying to figure out ways to desensitize people to prepare them for the mass-scale trauma that they were about to implement. Uh,
0: my parents knew Alvin Toffler, Uh, who wrote future shock and they met him at a Unitarian church, but I never did get a chance to meet him. i always liked reading him though. He was pretty fun to read, but I think you're right. I think they're preparing the masses for kind of this 1984 being led by the hand kind of just obedient slave type world. But I think, I do think we have a way of asking questions about free speech shows like yours, um, can really poke a hole in these false narratives, I think.
1: Yeah. And then I wanted to ask you also about the anthrax and what, do you know, is there anything people can do if they do have the anthrax and they detox in any way? Is there, well, is I'm you, not a doctor. No, no, I know. But have you but, heard of anything or Are there any, do you know? There
0: is, a, there is a toxin. There is an antitoxin. It's, uh, the lethal antitoxin. I think that, that Bob or that, uh, Daryl Galloway was planning on aerosolizing, I think is one of the antitoxins you can use. Uh, the other is a long course of antibiotics. Um, but the uh, one of the reasons it could have gone under the radar is because nobody expects it. And most doctors won't prescribe a long course of antibiotics now uh, because they're afraid of antibiotic resistance. So you have to get the antitoxin test. You have to get the ETH test from Zurich. Uh, the Zurich labs um, in order to prove to your doctor that you deserve this course. And then, then, then you can get rid of it. But if you have long COVID, especially any any neurological long-term things that you can't quite explain, it's worth, it's worth taking the test.
1: Yeah. And, and that's something you, you order from a Zurich lab. Is that what you said?
0: Uh, Well, ETH uh, is a university, but I do think that these are, um, uh, orderable through a general pr- practitioner and your hematologist okay. or uh, lab, any competent lab can perform the uh, anthrax test.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that That's good. I, I like to p- leave people with things that they can do something about, uh, you know, and that there is some hope because there's a lot of questions for sure. You test
0: positive, please go on YouTube and show everybody your test strip because it may solve one of the biggest Mysteries in that's affecting everyone in the world. Thirty percent of the people is are have the long COVID still. So yeah, the biggest mysteries in the world right now.
1: Yeah, the, this long COVID and there's all sorts of strange kinds of, you know, it, it seems to keep circulating uh, with. You know, whether it's a, a mutation or it's a, a new bioweapons that they're releasing. But there seem to be these different iterations of it that are and they're all very strange. You know, but well, they similar symptoms. Yeah.
0: Again, you can just read the metadata and look at um, the scientific studies that the, just the Malone intimates put out. And one of them is uh, exhaled exosomes, mm-hmm. exhaled exosomes affecting people near and dear to you. And Chad Roy, none other than Mr. Monkey, the Mr. Monkey business down there at Tulane, put a paper out about exhaled exosomes and the way it could actually vaccinate uh, people that you're intimate with yeah. uh, without them ever having taken the vaccine. So check that out. Check out Chad Roy's paper on that. It's it's uh, uh, fascinating and chilling at the same time.
1: I, I will definitely check that out, Chad Roy's paper. And uh, there was also all these studies that they were doing in Australia with like self uh, disseminating vaccines, right?
0: Yeah, a lot of this comes from uh, the early uh, experimentation in cattle. Anthrax was originally um, a bioweapon by Bayer and a guy named Dewsburg in World War I to attack the war horses of the enemy. And then it migrated into um, a human in World War II, uh, where Churchill uh, wanted us to build this capability. And this company called Vigo on the uh, Wabash River, and then, of course, Fort Detrick are the result of that.
1: I, I more and more feel like war seems to be a cover for wartime research, where they have black ops carte blanche budgets to do.
0: Well, uh, Vannevere Bush becomes the person at the head of the Office in of Science of Technology and harvests all the patents at the Lincoln Lab. Uh, was the, you know, Bob Malone's Lincoln Lab was where all the patents go to be stolen. So, you know, there you go.
1: <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Um, well. I don't know. I, I think we've covered quite a bit. I don't know. I know your phone is on limited time and uh, I'm so grateful for all of your really valuable information. Do you have anything else you want to add or leave us with? Please do. I was just punching in my phone, uh, June, is it
0: June 3rd and 4th June for that and 4th. rebel without a cause or rebel, rebel with- for a cause. Yeah. Rebel for a cause.
1: Yeah. And That's the cute. cause is creative artists uniting for the sovereignty of everyone.
0: And we'll see not only you taking down the deep state, but we'll see stunning gymnastics along with that. Is that you will?
1: I am going to hang from uh, apparatus such as uh, a hoop and a hammock and uh, spin around and do some aerial acrobatics. Yeah.
0: Wow. All for freedom. I love it.
1: All for freedom. Yeah.
0: I'll I'll see if I can work that into my schedule. It sounds like an event not to be missed.
1: Yeah. Thank you. That would be awesome. I'd love to see you there. Yeah. That That would be amazing.
0: Yeah. Cool. Thank you, thank you, Courtney.
1: Thank you so much. Tell everybody where they can find you, find your books, and all your incredible work, please. Oh yeah. Um, well,
0: I'm uh, at Real George Webb One, and I work for a company called Buy Me a Coffee. So you can find me at George Webb uh, okay. Buy Me a Coffee. And um, so Bob Malone, I or somebody, there's a whole bunch of people that say I work for China, I work for Russia, I work for Israel. I really wish I did because I'd get some money. <laughs> I'm broke. I'll be a coffee, coffee. <laughs> and at uh, real George web one is my Twitter's so the best place to find me. I also have a Substack, George com.
1: Yeah. And definitely check out his work. He's doing incredible work and you always seem to be on the ground really just, you know, right at the source and going after it. I'm so grateful. Yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, right now we're on the anthrax deaths. And, uh, like you said, uh, two people, five people total died Two in uh, postal workers in Washington and then people down here. And then I think, um, I can't remember the other two, uh, a lady in Connecticut by Yale. Yeah. And then another person in New York city. So they hit all the markets. You know what I mean? They hit all the big markets with that anthrax attack. And I think this, uh, Coronavirus 911 was just basically the other shoe to drop.
1: Yeah, it does seem like it. And it, it's just astounding to me how it's always the same people and the same organizations and entities, uh, right? Yeah, the dark winter. <laughs> we'll yeah. to, to that up. Um, but, you know, with, with the, you mentioned Yale, right? Like the, the same players over and over again. It's just yeah, we, th- there needs to be a lot more exposure. And uh, what, what was that book? None dare call a conspiracy. The, the end of the book, they said that a uh, conspiracy can only survive in the dark. So I always add that, you know, therefore it's incumbent upon the light to shine on it and expose it.
0: <laughs> so Gary, Gary Allen, a great book. He also wrote a book called You'll Get that one too.
1: Ooh, I'll have to get yeah. that one also. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All yeah. right. Until, until next time.
2: I'm not you I'm not sure if you're not sure it's I light I wanna I want yeah I wanna I wanna I wanna I am not going to be able do
1: it.
2: I to do it. I am not going to be able to do it. I am not going I am not going to be able to do it. I am not going to